Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. What is up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in again to another one of these episodes. I appreciate it. I know that there's a lot of stuff on the internet that you could spend your time on. The fact that you're spending here with me means a lot, and I appreciate it. If you find something useful, why not share it? Why not subscribe? I'd appreciate it. It helps everything go. So, Another debrief episode, although this one is a little uh, more singular, I think, to uh, one topic. And I want to start off by saying that uh, this is about trusting your gut, trusting that sixth sixth sense. We all have it. We've all like been in a situation where, you know, the hairs on the back of our neck stood up and you know, we listened to that little voice and came out better for it. Perhaps you're in a situation with real danger. Perhaps it's like a business decision or perhaps it's just, uh, you know, gambling in, in Las Vegas. I don't know. But I want to tell you a little story. So just the other day, uh, me and my um, my younger son were at the dentist in and he had a dentist appointment. And so... We were sitting there just like you normally do at the dentist's office and, you know, looking at our phones or whatever. And, and this, this guy comes in, <clears throat> he's a, not super young, but not old. And he comes in and sits down and I noticed that we both noticed him. And then not 20 seconds later, another person came through the front door and I looked at him and his demeanor and the way he was dressed threw me off. So he had, it was, uh, we're here in the South. It, it was like a hundred degrees and he was wearing a full long sleeve hoodie and he had a mask on and it wasn't like a COVID mask. It was like, you know, because like I'd heard that I'd recently read somewhere that, you know, whatever COVID was making the rounds again or whatever. Um, there were reported cases of it or something, but and, and, you know, some people, I mean, some people wear the masks and stuff when they go into a public place, whatever. But he was wearing like, it wasn't one of those. It was like a ski mask type of mask, which made me take notice. And, you know, I looked at him and was like not comfortable. And I was sitting on one side of the room. My son was sitting on the other side. And we we connected. We like locked eyes and and. Uh, you know, my son is, he's trained martial arts as, as long as I have. Um, he's also a black belt and in the, the same styles style that we train. And we locked eyes and we kind of both like had a moment of like, okay, I'm paying attention. And so this person came in and sat next to the other person who had come in first. And I, you know, my radar was still, my spider sense was still tingling. But the other person spoke to him and said, oh, you you go to the same dentist I do. 
and uh, it kind of it disarmed me. I, I I let my I let my uh, you know spidey sense kind of shut off a little bit there, and uh, then I noticed the other person like slid really close to the guy, like within like I mean within inches, like half a foot, and I heard them. I heard him say, uh, you know, yo yo bro, why are you sitting so close to me? And just at that moment, the uh, the what do you call him? The dental hygienist lady came out and and called him the first guy in, called the first guy in, and he got up and left. And I noticed the guy with the hoodie still, he sat there for, you know, maybe, maybe 30 seconds, got up, walked to the front desk and asked the lady uh, who that person was, asked for a name. And she, you know, as expected, she said, well, we don't give that information out. Um, are you a relative? And the guy said, yeah. And she said, well, then, you know, wouldn't you know the name? And he just kind of turned around and walked right out. And so I guess the the first guy heard the exchange and he came kind of not running out, but real fast. And, and he went out the front door and he, and I heard him yell at the guy. He's like, Hey, what, you know, what the heck were you doing here? What's going on? And then he closed the door real quick, turned around and looked at the lady behind the counter and said, Hey, he, um, he followed, he must've followed me here from work. We actually fired him the day before. And this is, this is not right. So there you go. So then they, they came out from, and, and the guy was still in the parking lot. And so the, the dentist uh, staff came out, locked the front door. And, um, you know, I, at that point I stood up and, and watched the guy. He, they were sitting out in the parking lot in their car. It was like three of them. They were sitting out in their parking lot in the parking lot, I guess, waiting on the other dude to come out. Um, and they called the cops and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't want to make the story too long, but the point is that my spider sense was, was triggered. My, my intuition was triggered. I, I realized something wasn't quite right with that person in it. And I took notice and my son took notice and, you know, we kind of, I mean, obviously I didn't react because I think, you know, like overly reacting and, and jumping up and investigating someone just walking into the dentist's office is probably a little crazy. Uh, we did keep our eye on him, but it makes me realize that, you know, things can happen anytime, anywhere, and it could have nothing to do with you. I mean, we were just at the dentist and that was between them, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I think that that person was sitting that close next to that person. And he was hoping that me and my son were called before him and that they would be left alone. I think he was going to do something. That's what my gut tells me. And, you know, obviously something wasn't right. Uh, it went sideways. So I, that's just a little story that just happened. And um, I've had other things in, in, in the past and, and I'm sure you have too. And I'm sure you could share stories. I, you know, there's, there's a link on this podcast and, and there'll be a link in the email and all that stuff. Um, hit that up or send me on Instagram or Twitter or email or whatever. However you can get at me, send me a story. Tell me, a, tell me a story where you uh, were, were touched by your intuition or you trusted your gut or whatever. I want to hear them. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated with this and I want to study it, but I, I want to take a couple of minutes and just talk through that. Some things I know I was, you know, I was quite proud of myself that I, I was able to notice and had predetermined what I would do. Um, and, and, and stuck with it and paid attention and then immediately started, you know, 
taking in the environment and the information. I, I could, I was like, think about how to describe the person wearing the hoodie. Think about how to describe the other person. You know, I was taking stock of the colors of the hoodie, what kind of shoes the guy was wearing. I was and my son, me, he and I talked later and he was telling me that, and he noticed things I didn't. He was taking stock of tattoos and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it was kind of a proud moment for, you know, him, my son. And then for me to, that I didn't just like, I wasn't just, you know, sucked into TikTok and completely oblivious. I think, I think we have to pay attention even in, you know, mundane environments like the, the dentist lobby. Um, well, let's take a look at some stuff here. What we're talking about is the difference. What, what this can turn into is, is fear, right? And we want to talk about a couple of things. And one is, uh, you know, this post that I, that I found, which was weird, um, that I just, just found five ways to tell fear apart from intuition. And we'll get into some of this, uh, and, and how to sort of predetermine some of this stuff. So uh, fear says, I feel confused about what to do next. I go back and forth between alternative paths. Intuition says, I feel that a decision is slowly happening. I feel a steady pull in a certain direction. This is, this is one thing, right? So uh, here, let's, let's fast forward a second. I want to introduce this. Now, all my uh, law enforcement and military friends are going to, make fun of me using the, you know, OODA, O-O-D-A loop as a, as a base here, because it's sort of like a thing that they, they hear a lot. Um, and it's taught a lot and it's, it's sort of like co almost comical, but it's important. And it, it is observe, orient, decide, and act. And the thing is, this was, uh, I've used this link before. It's a guy named Colonel John Boyd, who is a, a fighter pilot. Um, he coined this term the Uda loop. Uh, and so what this is, is observing, orienting, deciding, and acting. And the key to this is that you don't do this. I mean, you can do this in real time. I was sort of, when I was sitting there and I noticed the person, I was sort of going through a slow, um, a slow round of this in my head, right? I was, I was making sure to pay attention. I, didn't really have to change my orientation to the person just because of the, the nature of where he sat and stuff, but I was still aware of him. And I was deciding to pay attention, to take mental notes so that I could describe the person in case something happened. And also deciding on what I would do. Should he pull out a gun or should he pull out a knife? And I know that's scary, but it's the reality we live in. I had already decided what I wanted to do. And I'm pretty sure my son had decided what he was going to do too. Um, not trying to t give hero talk here or whatever. This it's just a reality. And then, you know, ultimately we didn't have to do anything because it kind of played itself out, but you know, acting, I think the key to this is that you do these things. You sort of work these little loops out through training, through thinking ahead, through working through these problems in your head, um, before, Right now, not everybody's uh, like a soldier or a police officer or a fighter pilot or whatever, but, you know, you are going to find yourself in real situations like I did. And you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. Hopefully, you are paying attention. That's like the first step, and we'll get into that too. But you can go through some of these things beforehand, okay? So, you're feeling confused going back and forth about what I'm going to do, 
right? You have to sort of prime. I don't think anything happens in a vacuum. You sort of have to prime that intuition, right? I was feeling as if I was slowly being pulled into having to act through these things through, you know, I train martial arts a lot. Um, I work out, I'm, I'm, I pay attention. I felt like slowly I was being pulled towards um, having to make a decision, you know, uh, luckily I didn't have to, but if it had, I would have, I have pre, I would like beforehand thought about these things. Okay. So I didn't really have, I mean, it's like 50, 50 on one hand. I was like, man, I, I, God, I don't, I, you know, I'm watching this person. I'm like, I really hope we don't have to do something because, you know, I'm scared of that actual outcome, the possibilities of things going wrong, but I wasn't necessarily scared because I had already sort of thought about those things. It's not just that you can apply that to business. You can apply that to social interactions, anything. Okay. Fear says, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to fail. I don't want to feel embarrassed. Intuition says, this is a necessary experience for you. You will learn even if you fail. You'll be proud of doing this. Okay, I think you can see how that could be applied to what I was talking about. You can also take this into your business world as well. Um, a lot of times, it is, as I said, fear is from a lack of preparation. Okay. Fear says, I feel forced to make a bad decision. If I make a mistake, I'll regret this. Intuition says, I feel called to make this decision. It is far beyond right or wrong. It must be done. Now that, you know, I knew in that room, me and even my son were probably the most capable of protecting anything or doing anything should something go sideways. I was honestly feeling a calling to doing something. Um, again, God, luckily I didn't have to, no one did, but I felt pulled. I felt called to be in that position. Um, and you know, Mark divine has a whole discussion about like the sheepdog mindset and stuff. And I, I think that's what this is. Um, kind of what I meant earlier when I was feeling proud, it was kind of pulling me into a proud moment. Uh, fear says, I feel disconnected from myself. I'm losing control. Intuition says, I feel connected and focused. I feel like I'm being guided. I'm willing to give up control. Trust your training. You need to, the Uda loop works really well if you have worked through some of those things beforehand. Like I said, you can do that in training, the physical part. You can train paying attention. I mean, when you're in scenarios, pay attention. Like, try to try to recall things there. I forget, uh, Darren, who was on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'll try to get him to fill me back in on this, but he, he does this game where he uh, puts out several things, you know, like a pen and, you know, a, a mug or whatever. And then you look at them for a certain amount of time, cover them back up and then try to like write down descriptions of what it was. And, and he says like, over time you look less, there's more time between when you look and, and write things down and you have more things and you just try to train that part of your brain that lets you pay attention to things. And, and um, you know, some, my son is really good at this. He's really good at recalling situations and descriptions of people during situations and things and interactions. Um, and I'm not so great at it, but it can be, it can be trained. It can be natural and it can be trained as well. Um, 
Fear says, I want to make a rational choice, but I'm unable to. Logic has abandoned me. Intuition says, logic and reason don't seem necessary right now. This feeling is enough. I already trust it. Right? If you've done the practice, if you've done the training, if you've thought through the loop and those things, if you've done the work, you are going to be more in tune with that intuition. You're going to be more in tune with your gut. All right? Um, there's a lot of stuff out there about this. I found this Quora. Uh, which Quora is a website of like questions and answers, kind of like Reddit or whatever. There's There's tons of stories in here. And I found them all pretty interesting. Um, let me pull this uh, little bit up here. Let me see which one it is. Trust your gut. All right. Let's play this. I feel incredibly sick. This is a this is a sensation I have come to really cherish. This sensation. Mm. Um, Lots of guys I work with have different ways they feel things or sense. It's like trust your gut kind of thing, which every old cop used to say, trust your gut. So I anyway, I pull the car over. I cut. I pull in front of him, actually, and force him to the side of the road. And I get out, and there's just the driver in the car. No one's in the car. And I just say, get out, get out, and open the trunk. And he gets out and opens the trunk. And the kid is in the trunk of the car. Harrowing. Harrowing story. Okay. It's I think that's. I think that's another one, um, you know, where think about that, think about that, that police officer, you know, trusting his intuition enough, um, to do the work, you know, he's done the work. He's, he's, he's there. Something is telling him to check the trunk. You know, he does. We've, I know we've all had situations like that. Um, I read, there's like a hundred stories in that Quora link detailing things like this. Um, I know it's out there. Again, please send me your stories. I want to hear them. Um, let's listen and react to a little bit of this uh, Simon Sinek. Um, he's another he's another uh, author and, and inspirational, you know, TEDx type speaker. If you've never uh, listened to anything, Simon Sinek, he, he's pretty interesting. Um, and that's kind of interesting. We can rationalize things, we can think through things, but at the end of the day, everybody here has had a, a gut feeling about something. You know, despite all the advice that we get and all the data that we may get, it just doesn't feel right. Right, so that is something, um, you know, when that person came in the room, I immediately, it immediately triggered my like um, COVID mask trigger. You know, I was like, what the heck? What are you wearing a mask for? You know, that was the first trigger. And, and I kind of had to overcome that to then get to, you know, my gut telling me something wasn't right. So I was sort of like whatever societal, you know, things that had been programmed in my brain and also the the messages of, you know, this, this person might be dangerous are like hitting me at the same time. Uh, that there's no part of your stomach that's telling you that. That, that is a brain function, but it's a nonverbal part of the brain. Um, the, the, the rational part of our brains, uh, our conscious brains, have access to the equivalent of about two feet of information around us. That's when we access our expertise. That's when we weigh the pros and cons. It's when we think through the problem. It's what we do in the brainstorming session. Um, our nonverbal uh, subconscious brains have access to the equivalent of 11 acres of information around us. 
every movie we've seen, every book we've read, every conversation we've had gets stored somewhere, um, but we can't necessarily recall it or 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 um, or or think about it when when we want it. We can't access that information when we want it. That's fascinating. That's also what I mean by. Um... I don't know that that's what he's necessarily talking about, but what I what I attribute this to is training, is preparing, being prepared, doing the work beforehand, whether it's just sitting there thinking about a scenario, right? Envisioning it or, or reliving a scenario that you made yourself through, made it through and what you might've done differently or whatever, or reading a story, of, you know, that, that someone else is in and deciding those things, observing, orienting, it's the orienting part the deciding part. Again, they don't have to happen in real time. They will happen in real time. But if you've worked on these things, then as they happen, you're not just reacting to things. You're you're proactively deciding and, and you're able to react faster, I think. So we've all had the experience um, where you're in the shower, you go for a run, you're lying in bed and you have an idea. It, a, a, you know, Whatever question was raised or problem was raised, in the brainstorming session that you didn't come up with the answer in the brainstorming session, it happens four, five, six, seven days later when you aren't thinking about it. Your brain won't ruminate about questions that weren't, weren't asked or problems you don't have. And so the value of the brainstorming sessions and the conversations and the expertise conversations is to raise the question, to raise the problem, and then to give it some time to allow that subconscious part of our brain to ruminate rather than think right? So that's exactly what we're talking about. If you're doing the work, just like I am this, doing this podcast episode is sort of doing the work. It's, 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 I'm verbalizing my experience and I'm cataloging it. It's doing that brainstorming session, you know, orienting and deciding it's part of the OODA loop. So that then later when you're, presented with that scenario, you can decide and act a lot faster. The, the, the orienting, the deciding, the decision has been done. You know what you will do. You will overcome that instance of fear or whatever that thing is. And in his case, he's talking about working on a problem. It could be a business problem. Uh, is important. Um, that goes back to the cell phone thing again, which is when we're so connected all the time, when we're on our phones from, you know, when we walk out of this room to walk to the subway, to walk to a meal, like when we're constantly connected, we're actually not allowing that time for our minds to wander. We're not allowing for that time for our subconscious brains to solve problems for us. And, and it makes it, it makes us, I mean, I don't want to say dumber, but it, it, re it little, it does reduce the quality of the ideas and the solutions that we can have. I agree with that 100%. And because of that thing that just happened, that scenario I found myself in, I have decided to not sit there and scroll on my phone. One, for you know, self-protection reasons, that if I'm looking down at my phone, I'm not looking up at the world. But also, I'm not working on these problems. I'm not working on these things. Just like he said, I'm, I'm using my brain power to look at, goddamn TikTok or whatever it is, uh, Instagram, you know, I'm, I'm wasting that time that I could be using to solve problems or think about something else. Um, 
or you know, ruminating on these things. I find it important. Um, let's do one last thing with uh, Mike Glover talking about don't be a victim. This is from, I think this is, let's see, June 3rd. So this is like right before his book came out or right around that same time. Um, I did a whole episode on his, his book and I'll link, I'll try to link it up in the video that comes next or whatever, but or the episode that comes next, definitely put it in the post. Let's just let him do it. What am I looking for when I say, hey, I want you to maintain situational awareness? Well, what, do I, what am I talking about? Well, it's as easy as looking for spikes in the pattern. Yeah, that's right. Spikes in the pattern. He's talking about having situational awareness. First off, if I'm looking down at my phone, how in the hell can I have situational awareness? But he's also talking about what do you look for? And, and you know, I've, I've talked to some people about the Uda loop and they're like, well, what do I look for? In his book, he's got some pretty cool stories. I think he might go over one here, but he's talking about looking for spikes in the pattern. The guy's mask wasn't right. It tipped us off. Looking for anomalies in your pattern of life. Let me give you an example. You walk into an IHOP. IHOP's delicious, by the way. You walk in. I disagree. IHOP's okay. Into an IHOP, and the host is about to sit you down. And she gives you the option. She's like, hey, wherever you want to sit. And to your right, as you scan from left to right, you heard a disturbance. Now, you would be kind of paranoid if you scan person to person looking for hands and demeanor, which is the way that we look at people that are potential threats. That's right. Like I said earlier, if I were to, you know, the, the moment the, the guy was like, presenting weird in my brain if i would have like stood up and questioned him i'd be a paranoid weirdo i can't you can't do that okay there's got to be a line in your your predetermined ooda loop or whatever you know you've got to use situational uh not awareness but like what the hell where are you at and what's going on before you just act on things you've got to do that right you can't be a paranoid asshole you know, in, in hostage rescue or in direct action, when you go into a room and you see somebody, you're looking at their hands, but you're also looking at their demeanor because the combination of those. That's incredible. I didn't. I read his book where he was talking about or as the podcast he did earlier, where he's talking about hands and demeanor. And I even talked to my son about that after the situation, because uh, he was telling me that the guy's hands is what made him. Um, kind of perk up one he said he noticed a tattoo on the guy's hand which you know that is weird but you know whatever but the the combination of the mask wearing the hoodie the way that the guy walked in didn't say a word sat down and scooted next to the other person even not wearing a mask had he done those things it still would have been suspect and i i asked myself would i have picked up on that if it weren't for the mask part and that's my threshold, and that's that's the reevaluation of of my you know thing. You know, it's not called the foot gun; it's called the handgun because the hands do the damage. The combination of that 
and their intent that you perceive will give you a great indication if they're friend or foe. Hands and demeanor. As part of your ob observe in your OODA loop, hands and demeanor. Remember that. What are they doing and how are they acting? So you wouldn't scan person to person. You would scan through the environment looking for the anomaly. And let's say on the right side of the establishment, there's somebody yelling, right? There's a there's a disturbance in the air, and it happens to be a higher decibel range of voice and tone. Well, if you know that's going on, you might say to the hostess, hey, can you sit us over to the left? Right? That is your orientation, okay? So in our case, there was no, there was, it wasn't loud, right? The guy didn't say anything. It was a lot more covert. The the guy was clearly being covert. They weren't. There wasn't like a fight, you know. Uh, Mr. Glover's example is is very, you know, it's it's for example. But in in my case, it wasn't loud, and there was really no orientation we could do. We were already sitting down. The guy was walking in. Had we had we immediately gotten up and moved or left, it would have been paranoid and weird, right? So again, we're avoiding conflict but we're not pretending like it doesn't exist, which I think is a profound issue in our society today. Mm -hmm. You see an issue, you see an accident, you see somebody in distress, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's not my problem. Yeah, well, It should be your problem. I mean, I got asked on a podcast yesterday about this situation that took place in New York where this Marine put this guy in a headlock. Yeah, let's... Let's get into that for a second, uh, and then we'll let this go. The guy, let's see. He, and he did so for an extended period of time, and the guy wound up passing away. Right. So it was New York City, a Marine. There was a guy on the bus. Was uh, he was like like messing with someone, or you know, running up and down, acting weird, whatever it was. And this ex Marine like put the guy in a rear naked choke, put him to sleep, and then the guy died. And the guy has been prosecuted. Very tragic circumstance. But the guy was trying to be a good Samaritan, a responsible yeah. citizen. We should always advocate for that. So if we're just looking for the anomaly, what's next? Right? You see the spike in the pattern. You hear what you think is gunshots. You know, I always use the analogy like you're in Black Rifle Coffee and you're getting a coffee and then you hear something outside in the parking lot and it sounds like gunfire. But you immediately, because of denial, write it off as, oh, that's fireworks, except it's <laughs> December. And We've all done it's that. not near any time or holiday that would justify fireworks. Oh, it must be construction, except you didn't see any construction sites on the way in. Teach us, Again, Mike. you are writing it off because you're lazy. I mean, most people are lazy. Yeah. Inherently, we want to look for the out because we are just lazy. And imagine you're in bed and you hear a noise downstairs. Oh, that, that's just uh, something fall off the, ki the, the kitchen table. Okay, well, what made it fall off the kitchen table? Well, that's no big deal. I'll check it out in the morning. That decision-making, that lazy mindset can set you up for failure. I'll leave it there. That is the decide part, right? So you need to, and I, I started with the, the slides on fear for a reason, because whether it's laziness, you know, I, I can't speak to that. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's lack of knowledge. You've got to do that work. You've got to do that training. Again, it doesn't have to be, you know, go get your black belt in jujitsu. I mean, you need to do something. And part of your training could just be listening to Mike's podcast, listen to this podcast, like 
read a book, like something like do something. So in your mind, you're working through these problems, um, something so that you can work past that decision point so that you're comfortable enough predetermining what you're going to do. Should you hear a noise downstairs in your kitchen? Right. Should that man have drawn a knife or a gun? Um, you know, both me and my son probably have enough training to have actually made a difference. Um, I was very close. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, this is not bragging. I'm just, I'm just saying, I think anyone that's trained with us would probably feel the same way. Um, anyone in that world, but, but what are you doing to work on those things? That whole scenario has made me rethink a lot of things or double down on a lot of things or, you know, look deeper into some training um, because it made me realize it can happen. Something can happen. Anything can happen anytime, anywhere. It can have nothing to do with you, but what are you going to do? And I want to be prepared and I want to have already made up my mind. And that's just me. If you agree with that, awesome. If you don't, let me know. Make a comment. Uh, send in a question. Let's let's talk about it. I'd love to find out what you think and where you are in your journey in terms of these things. You know, are you are you you consider yourself a sheepdog? Um, so yeah. So until next time, keep getting after it. Thank you again. Do the old like and subscribe, please. It, it helps everything. Go leave us a comment. Leave us a review, something, if you got something out of this. Um, anyway, thanks a lot. Have a good one. Until next time, get after it.